0: <laughs> oh, wow,
1: that was good. All
2: right. All right. Stop chewing, sis. What are you chewing on? You're freaking us out. Just Lady, you're scaring us. Now that it's just us three in a room, I'm going to get goofy as
1: fuck. Oh, God. Here we go. All right, we go. Y'all. Um,
2: right, y'all. It is the three of us. Just, just the, three the three of us. Of us. We can make it if we try. Just the three of us. You, me, and I.
1: Anyway. Just
2: the three of us. <laughs> All right. no, that was so, good. Ooh. Matt is here. Hey. Julie's here. And it's me as well. Hello. It's, it's me. me. What's up, you guys? How are you doing? I'm good. How Julie's are you? married. We just I'm went married. to that wedding a few weekends ago. It was really fun. Yep. She just got back from her honeymoon. I did. I'm back. How do you feel? No different. No different. Nope. Matt, how do you feel?
0: About the same as always. Me as well. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I've been in the best mood recently, though. That's great. Just fucking great.
1: We love to hear great that. mood, but also, yeah, that's it. We don't <laughs> text separately that much, but when we do, it pops. I'm off. like in you. I, I you have no idea how I'm just like smiling <laughs> the entire time. <laughs> we really fall and in like love we try- the best um, few weeks. <laughs> we try really hard, like. I feel bad. You were trying to like have a serious conversation with, with me about something, and oh. I just kept saying stupid shit no, and no, then no, being please like, "Please
2: don't ever stop."
1: And um, then I was like, "No, wait, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I we go, let's go back to this." And then I'd be like, "Blah, blah, blah, blah.
2: Yeah, we were talking about something serious, and then. You were cracking jokes, but I don't really care. And then I stopped answering, but I didn't mean to. <sighs> I hate that. I always do. it. Oh,
0: the, I'm like, The God. queen of just, I just don't. cutting off a conversation unex- it's unexpectedly. It's like when I'm at
2: work, I read something and then I put it down. And when I'm at home and doing something, I just like throw my phone across the room. Like I can't deal yeah. with it. The phone.
1: I think that's good though. Like not being on your phone all the time. Yeah. Actually. No,
0: it's definitely a good thing. It, it's just for... I know for myself at least as like someone who is like overly anxious that they've said the wrong thing and made somebody upset. I didn't. Like, There's no I'm, way like, you constantly didn't. in this state of mind where it's like, did I piss Kathleen? Oh
1: god, I hate that. I'm I, like that I with wish everybody. You'd like, I'm like I that wish with you've everyone. Seen me. If you pulled our text conversations from the last five years, I would say eighty percent of the texts are me.
2: <laughs> not in the not in the last I mean year. recent,
1: sure sure. Sure, but, sure 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 but
2: that's because pre-podcast our relationship was fully just texting random memories to each other we weren't texting each other new like i didn't know anything that was happening with your life and now we know everything now i'm like you're the only person i told about
1: this <laughs> i know <laughs> oh my god when you said that i like <laughs> fell to the ground <laughs> i was like yeah i don't know I, my brain was just like i had to tell julia about this uh, i love it yeah Anyways, anyway, Matt's we let, here <laughs> Yeah, we let
2: Matt pick an episode this
1: week. He we wanted did. us to
2: watch Mamma Mia or Hairspray, but we couldn't find the time. So we were like, Matt, how about
1: you pick an episode? Yeah, I mean we wanna be able to like give the musicals the time, Our time. They, they need. Yeah, exactly. I need to be wine and drunk. And you know what? We're due for for a Matt pick. So the, it worked out perfectly. Matt picked that seventy show. And if my notes would open up, I would tell you. Season three, <laughs>
2: episode 25, The Promise Ring. Yes. And
1: that boy Matt has some emotions tied to this
2: episode, I think. Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's funny. As I was sitting here pairing, I realized that whenever I pick an episode, I I would consider myself, for the most part, like, kind of a goofy, jolly person. And I tend to pick, like, 30-minute sitcoms. But the first time I picked something, it was an episode of Scrubs in which every patient in the hospital died. Yep. And then for Daria, I did the graduation episode. And for this one, I'm picking an episode about heartache. Yeah. And it's kind of telling in a lot of ways, I guess. The things that I connect to are those moments where, like, it hits that core emotion for me. And it's like when I watch that episode of Scrubs, I feel a connection to saying goodbye to my grandfather. And when I watch that Darry episode, I think of walking away from high school and you know, even fifteen plus years later, having these regrets about, oh I I could have done high school differently. I should have done something differently in high school. And that 70s show, I feel like this pick was almost exclusively because of the last five minutes of the episode. I think, that The Last Five Minutes is the most natural and realistic breakup I've ever seen on a sitcom. Because 99% of the sitcoms that you watch, when characters break up, it's because someone cheated on somebody. Or you know there was a misunderstanding. Or this, that, or the other thing. And this is purely two people on very different tracks of where they want to see their lives go. And that you can have this complete and total love for each other. Like, There's no doubt that Eric and Donna are in love with each other, but the timing isn't right for the two of them to be in love with each other. And it's almost more heartbreaking that way than if Donna had cheated on Eric or Eric had cheated on Donna.
1: Yeah. So I feel like when I'm in a relationship, and I've always been this way, like, I always think about, for some reason, like, am I, am I going to marry this person? And I remember even thinking that when I was, like, 16 dating hmm. people, like, just being like, I wonder if I'm going to end up marrying this person. So, like, in for me, and I think that's because maybe I'm just someone that just, like, loves fully, and I just, like... Me, too. I'm like, Donna is a bitch. <laughs> like, in my so, head, like, and so she's not. So, and I not. disagree.
0: I I mean, I feel like I am Eric, But I'm like, no, I get it. Because I think the problem is that I'm an Eric, but I'm always falling in love with Donna's. Like I'm always falling in love with the strong independent woman that like wants to have her own career and doesn't want to be tied down in a relationship. And like, that's what I love about them. But it also makes the attempt at being in a relationship all that more difficult because I'm also like, yeah, but I want to be with you. (laughs) It's like that weird, like push and pull.
1: Well, so what I was saying though is like, for me, it's, like, no matter what you want to do, like, the way that my mind works is, like, I could make you still be a part of my life, even if I wanted to mm-hmm. be an independent person and build my own career. Like, I've, am i in my head, like, I'm, like, no matter what I do, I could... I would at least take you for the ride and see where we go.
0: Yeah.
2: I think the issue here, and I don't watch 70 show at all, and I've I've seen like bits and pieces, but they're so young is the point. But I I am totally, Julia, on your side where, in recently going through a breakup, the the hard pill to swallow is kind of like, if they wanted to be with you, they would have made it work. It's like, you should be with someone where there's no other option. It's like, you're gonna figure it out. But I mean, I think the... The opposite or not the opposite, the the differing thing is that they're so fucking young. How old are they in this? This is seventeen. Right? They're
0: sixteen or seventeen, yeah. yeah right. They're babies. Yeah. So, I mean,
2: yeah, he's being kind of over dramatic. Yeah. <laughs> so there's <laughs>
0: so there's an extra lower layer to this because up in I watched that 70 show when it aired and it was like it was just a show that was on. You know what I mean? Like I remember select episodes, but it was never that important. But what happened with me with that 70 show that kind of made it this upper tier show to me where it's like, you know, we talk about like Gilmore Girls being this warm blanket show. Mm That 70s show is a very, very much a warm blanket show for me because the last year of college for me, I got dumped by the last girlfriend that I had via text message on my birthday and then had to finish the last two months of college and then start, you know, a life in the real world. And the week after I graduated college, I got laid off from my job. So I was literally at the lowest point I'd ever felt when I should have felt my happiest. You know, mm-hmm. like I've worked hard, I finished college, and I was like dealing with a bad breakup and feeling like I just spent all this money on this degree and now I don't even have a job to like show anything for it. And I sunk into this depression and was just laying on the couch in my apartment that I could barely pay for because I didn't have a job at this point. And I watched a rerun of that 70s show. And it was like one, it was back when like they would do like four episodes in a row on like ABC Family or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I watched these four episodes and I was gonna originally pick the first episode that I watched during that run, which is a season six episode called Sparks. But I watched it and it like made me feel happy. And where I lived was directly behind a Circuit City. And Circuit City was closing at that time. And their DVD section was 90% off. So I walked in there and bought the entire series of that 70 show for $13 and just like spent a whole week just watching the show from start to finish. And it was kind of like when I got to the end of that, I was like, okay you've done your sulking. It's time to go get a job now. Like it was like that was like the pill that I needed to like distract me from all the negative emotions and move on. But this episode specifically, I always stuck out of me because obviously I was going through a breakup. So watching a breakup episode kind of yeah. felt appropriate. But it also just there's this moment at the end of the episode, and we'll get to it, but it it hits in such a special way. And it's such a bummer that they changed the song on pretty much all the streaming services. It's just like a random instrumental song. But the theme song, the the iconic theme song for that 70s show that I feel like even if you've never watched the show, you know, the like hanging out is a cover of a song by a band called big star. And big star is credited as like the band that started modern pop music without ever becoming famous. Like they put out 3 albums, no one listened to them, they broke up and then like in the 90s like Nirvana, REM, like all these huge bands were like, "Oh yeah, big stars like what made me pick up a guitar and wanna play music?" So they were like this iconic band after the fact. And the two biggest songs that they ever had was a song called In the Streets, which has that hanging out down the street lyric. But the other song that they had is this song called 13 that's been covered a ton of times. Garbage has covered it. Wilco's covered it. And it's this beautiful love song. And it's called 13 because it's written from the perspective of a 13-year-old asking a girl to the dance. And the first verse is what I always connected with, which was, um, Won't you let me walk you home from school? And it's just this really pretty verse. But at the very end of this episode, Eric's lying on the car after just self-destructing his relationship all of a sudden you hear this very because it's just an acoustic song you just hear this pretty acoustic guitar piece playing in the background and then the lyrics come in for the last verse won't you tell me what you're thinking
1: of
0: would you be an for
1: my love It's
0: nowhere I can go. I won't make you Ooh. and then it just ends and fades out there. And it's like people who are like hardcore fans of that 70s show, that song shows up so much during Eric and Donna scenes that. The theory is, if they got married after the show ended, that's the song that they slow dance to. Like that's like that beautiful, perfect song. So I listened to the commentary track, and the director is very, very insightful throughout it. And he says that from the start of the show, they said, however long the show runs, they want to tell. A romance story in the three phases that they feel like things go through. And the first is the courtship. So it starts off with Eric and Donna. They've been neighbors for life. They clearly like each other, but there's this awkwardness and they finally start dating. But then you have to hit that point where you are not mature enough for the relationship that you've signed up for. And that's what this episode is. And then the rest of the show is winning that person back to prove that you've grown up and you understand who they are mm-hmm. as a person and you can work together. And I think that's why they use that song 13 because it does, each verse kind of covers these different moments in a relationship. So I just find this whole episode and we'll get into the funny stuff because it's a really funny episode too. But I think if not for that ending and and I love the choice to not film it in front of an audience, I love that it's just complete awkward silence as you watch this argument there's no people gasping there's no Mm -hmm. there's nothing it's just the silence of eric and when he like bangs his fist against the car i feel it i I watched this episode four times i felt it every single time like that moment where you're just so angry and you have to wonder if he's angry at himself or the situation or both and the director said one other thing and then we can jump into all the funny stuff but he said um eric does the one thing that ruins everything, he ignores the advice that people give him, and then gets angry when the reality of the situation is revealed.
1: Wow, that's deep. <laughs> like, that, that hurts. Yeah. Like, and before the breakup, Hyde says, "Maybe you want two different things." Yeah.
0: He he says like, "Maybe Donna's not that kind of girl." Yeah. And and I think being someone who identifies a lot with Eric. And being someone who's had a lot of friends like Hyde, I think Eric takes that comment to be, Donna's not the girl for you. Yeah. And that's not what he's saying. Yeah. But he's saying you have to adjust what your expectations are if you want to keep her. Yeah. Because you're not going to be able to mold her into the person you want her to be. Yeah.
1: It's so true, too. Like, when you go to your friends for advice and they tell you what you don't want to hear and like you have to like accept that they're giving you the reality and they're trying to be like a good friend to you but like in your head you're like fuck off like you're like mad at them for telling the truth but like it's like you're just mad at the reality of the situation and they're just being like real with you and like telling you how it is like there's honestly nothing worse than that of like your friends giving you like advice because they love you so much and they want you to be like okay and you just like hate hearing what they said. Oh,
0: 100%. Now, I feel like we can bounce back to this later because I still have so many notes about it, but I want to like lighten up the mood a little bit. So, can we talk about how Kitty Foreman is like the ultimate television mother? Oh like, I-,
2: I literally have, I love these parents. They're fucking incredible. <laughs> they're my favorite characters in the show. I mean, this is the first full episode I've ever watched of that 70 shows, and I have big bolded letters. I hate Topher Grace. I fucking (laughs) hate that guy. Everything he's in, I'm like... This guy's such a dweeb, dude. I'm like, he sucks. Valentine's Day, every movie I've ever seen him in, I'm like, what's that? Take me home tonight. Oh, I I'm love like, that. I feel like I remember texting you during quarantine being like, I just don't like this guy. <laughs> like I don't like So that sucks that he's the main character. I just um I'm totally biased against the show because of that. But I weirdly have like, besides Hyde, I have an opinion on all the main characters separate from this show. <laughs> interestingly enough so like topher's the only negative one i love ashton and mila of course Duh. they're the fucking best donna is laura who is from um orange is the new black and yep. she's incredible and in that it's weird to see her be this kind of like sweet teenager when she's like so hard A and, badass. and orange is the new black and then wilmer of course from demi lovato i've got many thoughts on that but we don't need to dive into that <laughs> his accent is insane oh my
0: god fizz in rewatches, I think is my favorite character just because they give him such insane lines. Yeah. like, And it's not even like the lines are funny, but him with the accent saying the lines makes it so funny. Like when he says, talk about the tip of the iceberg, it's like not that funny of a line, but the way he says it, mm-hmm. it becomes like a hilarious line.
2: How did this crew come together? So you said Donna and... Eric are neighbors. Yeah, so
0: Donna and Eric are neighbors.
2: Hyde seems like a 40-year-old man.
0: <laughs> Hyde... <laughs> Literally. Yeah. So Hyde and Kelso and Eric have always been friends. Fez isn't his actual name. It's it's the abbreviation for like foreign exchange student.
2: Oh my oh God, wow. really? <laughs> yeah.
0: So they, they just call him Fez, but it's for foreign exchange student. Hyde, the concept is basically that like you have these three friends who all things considered, they probably are only friends because of proximity. You know what I mean? Like your earliest friends are just, you live near each other. And then you have them go in all these different directions where like, Eric is this like star Wars obsessed dork. And I almost, the only other episode I considered was picking the first episode, the episode where Eric watches star Wars for the first time, because the first like five minutes of that episode I relate to so hard, but then I feel like the episode kind of trails off from there. So that's why I didn't pick it. Um, and then you've got Kelso, who's like the big, dumb, jockey idiot. And then Hyde is like that dude who got really into drugs and really into conspiracy theories. Mm-hmm. They just all happen to live together or live around each other. Hyde lives with the Foremans. As the oh. series goes on, Hyde's parents just run out on him. And they find him living alone in this house. And the Foremans take him in. Because like we can't allow that to stand. And that's why I do love the Foreman so much Is like, there's a lot of episodes where Eric feels like his parents love Hyde more than they love him. Mm. And the reality of that situation, I think they address it in the show, but I, I know even without it being addressed, the vibe that you get is that Red Foreman is very hard on Eric because he knows that Eric can do better. Whereas with Hyde, it's like he's this baby bird that's been thrown out of a nest and he needs to nurture that bird to be able to fly on its own eventually. Whereas like Eric, he knows that Eric is a good kid that's going to make the right decision. So he just is yelling at him every time that he sees him kind of going off the path of just being the good kid. But Kitty, I've said it before in our family, but Kitty reminds me of our mom so much. Just Mm -hmm. like when she runs out and she's like, oh my God, let me get a picture.
2: Yeah, Donna's not nearly as shrill.
0: All right, act like he just gave you the ring. Yes. Well, I don't think you rolled your eyes when he came <laughs> <Yeah>. like-
1: <laughs> She's excellent. Yeah, she's really hilarious. The, she, the dad's she, hilarious too, though. Is the
2: other parents that are in the opening credits, are they Donna's parents?
0: Yes. Okay. Yes. So they're
2: neighbors and best friends, I assume. It's like a love-hate, It's isn't a love-hate. It?
0: Yeah. Red is annoyed by the dad, and the mom eventually runs out on the family. And and that's like one of the things that I do like about that 70s show is that it's a teen sitcom And it could just take place in the 70s and that just kind of be the backdrop. And it allows for you, even if it's in the 70s, it's still very, like, kids are always going to relate to, like, the angsty shittiness of going through high school. Yep. But they use the framework of the 70s to tackle social issues and to tackle, like, Donna is this very forward-thinking early feminist woman of the 70s and throughout the show she keeps talking to her mom cuz her mom is so clearly unhappy in the marriage and she keeps saying like you don't have to be like this and convinces the mom to take feminism classes which eventually leads to her like running out on the family entirely which like goes to the extreme but it it tackles all of those moments it tackles like there's a whole episode dedicated to roots premiering on television, like they they try to tie in all this stuff, and then the final episode is New Year's Eve 1979. So it ends like this. That 70s show ends the second that the 70s ended.
2: That sounds about right. Yeah. That's <laughs> brilliant and simple and pretty obvious, but
0: yeah. That so works. so there's a lot. Like I wrote down little notes of just like as someone who's watched the show a thousand times. Like little things that I think are really funny. Like in the beginning, Eric is saying that he's counting his stash to figure out if he can afford the promise ring. And if you look at the table, the game Candyland is on the table. And that's a reference to the first season where his money goes missing. And he's like, but I hit it. And they're like, we all know you hide your money in the Candyland board game. Like everybody knows. Oh, that, so,
2: like, oh see, great. yeah, I love that. That's the beauty of watching a. Sh- I hate watching a show in the, an episode in the middle of it because <laughs> yeah. I like getting every single solitary joke.
1: It took me, uh, and granted, like I've only seen the show when there's marathons on. Yeah, it's on, on ABC a lot. Family, yeah. but. I more so would just like leave the TV on when I was younger. And it's so funny. Like we talk about like the musical Grease of like how many like sexual references there is Mm -hmm. where it's like I watched that in like first grade. It was my favorite movie and clearly had no fucking idea what like was going on and what they were singing about. And it's just like so funny to me now watching like as an adult where they go around the circle and they're clearly like smoking weed going around the circle and just like saying random shit. Yeah. And but like when i was younger obviously
2: i <laughs> put two and yeah, two together. Yeah. That was that
1: was fun. And they're like my favorite those, those moments are the, are the best, best yeah. cuz they just say the most off the wall shit and it's so funny.
0: Well when that becomes one of the things i like about that is that for the longest time it's the same four guys every time. It's yep. Eric Kelso Hyde and and Fez but like as the show progresses like there's an episode where like Jackie smokes weed for the first time and like she's part of the circle now and like Mila Kunis just sells like she just can't stop eating snacks and is like distracted the whole time. So like every time the camera pans to her, she just stares at it eating a snack for a couple seconds and then just pans to the next oh person. My God. She's so I cute and love young,
2: Mila Kunis. I know. I am a stan. I I don't. I think I forget until I see her in something and I'm like, I fucking love her.
0: She's yes. so so fun. Cool. Fact I actually about her. love
1: the name Mila. And if our kid is named that, just know it's because of <laughs> Mila, Mila <Me>. Kunis. <laughs> Mark just, it. Just know it.
0: So fun fact with her is she auditioned for this show when she was 15 years old. And when they were interviewing her, the director said, you're 17, right? And she said, I'm going to be 17. And, like, afterwards, she's like, I mean, it was going to take two years, but eventually I was going to be 17, <laughs> and I wanted this job. Yeah,
1: like, hell yeah. Like, yeah, I did see that on an interview that she, like, lied about her age to yeah, get on to the, the show. To get on the
0: show.
2: That love story, the, <sighs> I mean, just being Ashton and Mila in general, because they were, like, not a thing. Like, Mm-mm. obviously, they're together in the show, but forever, they were just buddies, and Ashton always saw her as, like, a buddy, and then all of a sudden, it was like... Was like That's hot.
0: I... Now that you're mentioning Ashton, I when I watch this, there's two people in my life that Kelso reminds me of and one of them is Julie's husband now.
2: Oh, God. Seriously, Kenny?
0: There's specifically the, the scene that made me think of him is when Eric finds out that Donna's not wearing the promise ring and he's like, Burn! <laughs> and he's like, Weddings off!
1: <laughs> like, Oh my god, Ken- that is kind of
0: and he's that, that loud personality. It's one of those things where I think that the show as I was watching episodes to try to figure out which one I went to pick, I was like, okay, yeah, this is like a very by the numbers sitcom. Like I could talk for hours about like why Scrubs is like legitimately a revolutionary sitcom. Mm-hmm. Or I could talk about like having watched like 11 seasons of cheers, like how it like sets up the template that like shows are still following to this day. That 70 show is just a by the numbers sitcom. That's not a ton of special, but I wanted to talk about it. Cause like I said, it's one of those shows where sometimes you just, you've said it a million times. Sometimes a show just comes into your life at like the exact yep. time that you need that show to come into your life. And because of that, you look past all of its faults. And like, that is 100% that 70 show for me is like, It was always a show in my life, but it wasn't truly a show in my life until I was at my lowest and and rediscovered it.
2: Yeah, I respect that. I I like it more knowing that that's that show for you because to me, no offense, I I don't love this show. I I wouldn't watch any more episodes of it, but I liked it. And I liked this episode knowing that you obviously picked it for a reason and you were like, I've got some notes on this, and emotional turmoil (laughs) like okay cool uh, but can we talk about how i would just gag if somebody tried to give me a promise ring i oh. would gag and die first of all i thought a promise ring meant no sex what was the nick jonas thing
1: um a celibus
2: yeah the celibacy but that's not a that wasn't what the ring was called what was the ring
1: wasn't it in a promise ring no no <laughs> wait oh my god stop purity ring purity, purity ring rings, okay yeah. okay 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 i'm like celibus right <laughs> yeah because because kelso
2: makes a comment i think he says something like i'm gonna give her one too like you only do that for more sex or something like that and i was like oh i thought a promise ring meant they were saving
1: themselves Mm -mm, a promise Uh, ring is like basically like i feel like it's an ongoing joke with couples like a promise ring is like kind of like a slap in the face like unless you're young because it's like basically be like being like i don't want to marry you yet but Oh. here's this promise ring oh my god i have so promise and spend I've, forever with you yeah
2: well, I, Cringe, I would die the mo- i loved donna i okay i don't hate the show by any means i it's really Topher grace just poisoning the well for me i just can't look <laughs> at his face See, and i me. like
0: weirdly really like Topher grace and oh. i and i don't know what it is like i because for a while i was like maybe i just like it because like he's eric foreman and like i like eric foreman as a character but then like I don't know. I He's like weirdly obsessed with editing. Like he's... Like do you know about him? like his weird video editing obsession? I do not. He has this weird thing where he wants to like write and direct. And him being a Star Wars nerd in the show is like based on him in real life. And he like got it in his head that like, man, the problem with the Star Wars prequels weren't that they were bad. It was just that you didn't need to tell three stories to tell that story. So like as just a just one day he got bored and he just cut all three Star Wars movies into a two-hour movie and like just did like a one-time screening in LA just to be like this is my version of Star Wars <laughs> and, wow like, and he did like the same thing with the Hobbit where he's just like the Hobbit doesn't need to be told in three stories so like he spent like two months just like let's just get it down to the bare essentials of story so what he did is called story editing essentially you go you look at someone's script and you say well if we cut all this we get to the the main point of the story and something I noticed, for the first time watching this, is that Will Forte is the story editor for this episode of that 70s show.
2: Wow, interesting. And I, was, I love him.
0: Yeah, and I was like, maybe that's just a coincidence. Maybe it's just someone else named Will Forte, but I looked and he was the story editor for like two seasons of that 70s show before like SNL and everything Wow, took I wish off. Will
2: Forte was Eric Forman. <laughs> I would like this show way more. <laughs> I, I don't know, but I like the, the... So back to the promise rings, I like when Donna's like... Is that what I agreed to? Or or was that what I promised? Like she had no idea. It's like, yeah, you're going to Milo's like, you're going to be with him forever. And the look in Donna's eyes was like me, me. That is me. I'd be like, no (laughs) fucking miscommitment issues over here. I'd be like, fuck that. Get this fucking ring out of my face.
1: (laughs) I'd be so pissed if I got one.
2: I mean, if Donna wearing it around her neck, it's like, oh, my God, the idea of a me being in high school and someone giving me a ring and me deciding to wear it around my neck. And he's like, why is it on your hand? I'd be like, I don't want to ever see your face again. I'm moving out of this house. I'm not your neighbor anymore. Beat
1: it. Also, at the same time, if you're in high school and you're taking a promise ring that seriously
2: you mean eric is like taking it that seriously
1: and like jackie like jackie like being that young being like that's what it means like
2: okay so these are the two different kind of relationships like it seems like mila and ashton's are just like it, it does seem like they're just like she's young he's in it for the sex but they like each other and it's just like a whirlwind but these two seem like they're like in the very beginning eric's like we've been fighting a little bit and they seem like they've been in it for a while they're like kind of maybe bored i don't know yeah, i, was I know. Gonna say this is
0: about two seasons of them dating right yeah. so
2: it, it feels very worn in where i'm like oh god this is like a last ditch effort to to, to save happy, the relationship yeah. whereas mila and ashen's was just like funny and goofy and stupid and when she's eating the ice cream i was
0: dying oh my I'm god, like, what so a queen. i'm glad that you brought that up because the director i had one other quote that i wrote down from the director that jumped out at me is he said when we were doing this episode, the mindset that I had when I was writing and directing it was that if Eric just let well enough be, that everything would be okay. Mm-hmm. But his insistence that they had to nail down exactly what they were is what led to the breakup. And he also says that if you watch that scene with Mila, that like you can actually see her start to turn red because she's trying to not laugh about eating the ice cream so quickly
2: <laughs> that happens a lot early on in relationships too this one is a later down the road kind of thing but early on in relationships i've seen it with friends and other people where it's like one of the two tried and say well what are we and it's like well if you if you're asking me right now and i have to decide we're nothing yeah. you let it breathe a little bit it's like that you can't rush it it's a sweet spot and that's kind of why in relationships people don't bring shit up yeah. yeah, like I've kind of been there where I'm like, I guess I'm just riding this out because I'm scared that I'm going to get the answer I don't want to hear. Yep. So people pussy out. It's like it's it's a very um, you got to find a happy medium somehow because you're either a big old pussy about it, which I kind of tend to be. Or on the other hand, we're like being pushy, 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 which is like. Intense Yeah
1: I usually don't I mean now marriage It doesn't matter But previously I'd never ask Like I'm just like Oh I'm just gonna see Where this I mean if it seems good It seems good You know It's it's like like, why I'm hard on my sleeve I say whatever
2: I'm feeling all the time But I'm not gonna make Someone else I'm not gonna force Emotions out of somebody else is my thing like I'm a I blabber everything I've ever felt in my life to anybody who will listen to anyone with ear holes (laughs) I will tell but it's the opposite where I'm like I don't I'm not gonna ask I don't (laughs) want to know
0: (laughs) so the one other big thing I want to talk about is that 70 show really made a name for itself in its weird pop culture fantasy sequences which there's usually at least one every episode so in this one It's Donna's dream of her being on the like make a deal type show. I
2: liked that scene; that was a good one.
0: And that was the thing. It was as I was watching a bunch of episodes to try to like figure it out. This was the one where I felt like the not only did I actually think that the fantasy was funny. Like sometimes those are like the parts that just fall flat for me, but it also like pushes the story forward. So like I like that a it reveals like what Donna sees for her own future where it's like this girl traveling around the world writing and like possibly one day being the first female president. Like she's like aiming for the stars. Mm -hmm. But I also love when door number three opens and it's Eric just sitting on a donkey and he just goes, I love you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I
2: mean, nothing's more cringier. (laughs) Like nothing. I'm telling you that I was like, Oh, <laughs> when I watch it, I don't know what it is. I would like to, it must be Valentine's Day. I don't remember ever wa- seeing him before that. Is he in a movie with Anne Hathaway, just those two? or Am I thinking of some, oh no, that's Jake Gyllenhaal maybe.
0: Are you talking about Love and Other Drugs? Because that's Jake Gyllenhaal. Okay,
2: that is Jake Gyllenhaal. I don't really Have like you that
0: been movie. hating Jake Gyllenhaal this all, no, whole time? No, I love Jake Gyllenhaal all too well, baby. <laughs> that's
2: what all too well. I would
0: love that to be the big revelation. Oh, I've been thinking of Jake Gyllenhaal no, this time. No, I like Jake time. Gyllenhaal, but I also
2: haven't really seen him in much. Like Brokeback Mountain.
0: Yeah, I remember people saying that like this specific type of male actor for a while, and it was like Jake Gyllenhaal, Topher Grace, and like Toby McGuire, all kind of like fell into this bucket of like, well, you're not like a hunk, but like you're also very average.
2: Jake (laughs) is the clear winner in that. Oh, uh, yeah. The other two, you can like hop around. I don't really know, but I agree. Those that is a very accurate those three are very um similar looking but but no it's so for and i i think it's valentine's day if you're saying it's like my favorite oh. and and he's with Anne hathaway as like a sex phone operator or whatever and i just think i mean she's cringy in that but i like her part but like the way he reacts to it i'm like
1: <sighs> i love valentine's day it's my
2: favorite it's like my favorite rom-com it's all time so, so he that is my least favorite like if i have to pee during the movie i won't even pause i'll just pee during that <laughs> fine <laughs>
1: I actually, this is very off topic, but I actually love um, New Year's Eve, too. Um, I only saw it in theaters and just thought it was good. Like, okay. Yeah, yeah.
2: And that, but val- I thought Valentine's, I remember saying Valentine's Day is much Cause better.
1: Because you never know if the movies are going to hit or not when they have all those famous people in them. My like, God, you're like, they're incre- either going to be so Day bad is- or it's going to be so good. I think Valentine's Day is better than New Year's Eve, but I still love, like, the storylines of them both of, like, Everyone has different shit going on. Like, almost like um, he's just not that into you. I was yeah. about to
0: say that's probably of the of the ones where it's like mega ensembles. I feel like that's my favorite one. <sighs> I love that But I, I was going to say, I think that one also has a little bit more of like a a script to it because it's like it's an adaptation. Yeah, like it's like an adaptation of like a pre-written thing. Yeah. Um, versus like Valentine's Day and, and New Year's both kind of just... They're like a series of shorts, essentially, that kind of connect to each other. When
2: quarantine hit, Valentine's Day was the first thing I put on. I was like, I need something that's going to mellow me. Is that on Netflix? It was on something. I didn't it's, buy yeah, it. Yeah, it's definitely... Yeah. On- it could have been on demand. I'm not sure. But I was, like, in my apartment alone, and I said, okay, I need something that is going to make me fucking happy right yeah. now. I had, like, scaries from drinking the night before. It was, like, bad. The The world shut down, and I had bad drinking scaries and was like, okay, I need so something. So Valentine's Day to
0: you is, like, my can't-hardly-wait. Like, can not hardly wait. It's like, my, like, Probably. ooh, I just need to... I need to feel good. I'm going to yeah. put this on. I'm going to quote the whole movie mm-hmm. the whole time I'm watching it and just feel Jeez, like I don't warm know if I fuzzies. Have of those. Yeah. Garden State was that for me for a while too. I could watch Garden State I like, like EZA every a for day for that. Ooh, Easy is a good EZA one. Yeah, is
2: an incredible movie too.
0: The only other big note that I that I have written down was something that I was thinking about when I was watching it and then the director and the commentary mentioned it again and I was like, "Okay, this is worth bringing up." is that throughout the show but even in this episode it happens twice that major moments in donna and eric's relationship take place on the hood of the car um so it's where he gives her the promise ring and it's also on the hood of the car where they break up he was saying like there was something about he wanted there to be this visual cue that if you were just flipping through the channels and you saw eric and donna on the hood of the car and you were like a fan of the show you're like ooh.
1: Something's happening. Something's
0: about to happen.
1: Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> Did they end up getting married? Because I'm not going to watch it. So, so. <laughs> Tover
0: Grace left the show okay. in the seventh season, and then they still produced an eighth season. Um, so what ended up happening, season six into season seven, Eric is trying to figure out his life. He learns about these people going to Africa to try to teach these kids about like life in America and teach them reading so he decides that he wants to go for a year and teach uh, the children of Africa so that's how they write him off and then I think Kelso ends up deciding to go along with him so they lost like their two biggest names yeah. leading into their last season just in time for the last episode where it's New Year's Eve and it's it's actually like uh, we were talking about Shit's Creek last week but like the last episode is is a very like cry a whole bunch episode because there's a scene where Eric and Kelso both come home for the holidays. So they're like kind of pairing them up. Like, oh, Eric and Don are gonna get back together. Jackie and Kelso might get back together like this. Everything's coming full circle. And they're standing upstairs and Kitty Foreman starts walking around and telling them all how much she loves seeing them back in the house and how much she misses seeing them every day. And like the actress is just like crying her eyes out. Mm-hmm. So it's like definitely one of those moments where you like, you know, we talk about this a lot, but it, you get that vibe that like, obviously filming eight seasons of a show together, you develop that closeness of mm-hmm. seeing each other every day. And you can tell that like, she's having a really tough time, like saying goodbye to the actual show Yeah. in that moment. So like that part's just heartbreaking. But then yeah, the, literally the show ends with Eric and Donna li- looking at each other while people count down. For the ball drop, and then it just cuts to black, and that's the uh, the end of the show. Did you like it? I liked it. Mm-hmm. I, I hate it that last season, but I like that last episode. Nice. Yeah.
2: Last seasons are tough. People are trying to squeeze anything. Uh, if you look back, hindsight's twenty twenty. You would have ended things much earlier. Yeah. You know, but what are you gonna do? I mean, even my for my other podcast, we did the hundred, and at the there's seven seasons total. It's kind of wacky by the end of it. The end of season five kind of has a Ending that they could have ended at. And so they, the boys kind of said, would you have rather it ended at five and, and or do you like this ending better and I'm like I'm never gonna not want to see more of the show I love you know what I mean it's like an impossible thing so would you have rather it ended on seven and not eight not have been a thing like that's an impossible question yeah
0: I mean I feel like if they had just made the season eight Good. final episode <laughs> well if they made that last episode of season eight the last episode of season seven then I'd be like okay fine perfect sure You know what I mean Um yeah. because it wasn't even it was it was a little bit more of a How I Met Your Mother thing and a little less of like a Scrubs thing where it's like, you didn't add anything to the story during that season. You just kind of were buying time to get to the finale. Mm -hmm. There wasn't like a ton of character development where it's like, oh, but if we didn't have that season, I wouldn't have gotten to see this character development. Like it was like, no, like all the pieces were already on the board. We were just waiting. But that I, I just... There's a, a YouTube channel that I love called Wisecrack where they do these analytical looks at different things. And they did a topic of why do finales ruin shows? And it was like breaking down like how people were upset about The Lost ending and how people were upset about Dexter's an- ending and, and this, that, and the other thing. And I forget who it was. I want to say it was either the showrunner of Lost or Michael Shore of like Parks and Rec and The Good Place fame. Mm. But they basically said that the perfect... Finale of any show ever was Cheers, and they were like, the reason why the Cheers finale is perfect is because it just ends, like it's not like this big twist, it's not this big reveal. Like he's like, you know, when that show fades to black on that final episode, that Ted Danson is going to continue to date more women and he's going to continue to have more adventures, just that you've seen the most exciting adventures and the most interesting girls Mm -hmm. but he's just gonna keep living his life I also
2: think that's genre based I mean Cheers is a sitcom it's like okay they're chilling and killing in a bar it's like Lost is like what's the deal what are we doing what are we working towards it why are they on this fucking island so it's definitely genre based for
0: sure like everything's up for interpretation like the the Mad Men finale is up for interpretation the Breaking Bad finale is up for interpretation it's
2: nice when you get a final season and you know it's your final season and you had the exact amount of seasons you wanted to get to the final. You know, it's like the magicians ended in five. And while I thought it was a fucking excellent finale, it's like, okay, I mean, this could have gone on for seasons. And it's while it's left on a cliffhanger almost, it's still final. You know, it's like, I know I'm not getting any more of this. I feel great after this, but I would watch a million more seasons, but they could have had more. It's some some get. Like okay, you were canceled after five, so you got to finish it. What are you gonna do?
0: The only other two that I remember, one is like an extremely infamous finale that people adore, and one is like in, like the butt of all jokes, is uh, Saint Elsewhere. The finale of Saint Elsewhere is the butt of all jokes. Uh, it was a hospital drama in the same vein as like a Grey's Anatomy or or doc- like George Clooney. No, no, that's ER. This was this was even older than that. This was like in the eighties, mm. and the show ends with a shot of the hospital and then it slowly zooms out and the hospital is inside of a snow globe and there's an autistic child staring at the snow globe and it's implied that the entire like 10 seasons that you watched were all just made up by this autistic kid looking at a snow globe.
2: Is it like sex and stuff too?
0: Yeah, like it's insanity. Yeah, it's freaky. Then like one that's considered infamously the best was Bob Newhart had a show called The Bob Newhart Show. And then that got canceled and he had a new show that was just called New Heart. And the final episode of New Heart was him waking up with his wife from the Bob New Heart show and saying i had the strangest dream that you were someone else because and it just like acknowledged that he basically just did the same show twice yeah
2: nice julie didn't speak for <laughs> that whole 10 minutes i didn't have
1: anything to say <laughs>
0: yeah we got on a tangent about finales but yeah i mean that that 70 show like i said it's to me it just represents this blanket and this episode i like i said i mean unless you guys can think of something else but i i really do think that this is One of the most real breakups I've watched on a TV show.
2: I mean, it definitely felt real. I I felt it in Donna's face when she... I don't have the dialogue in front of me, but she says something like, are are you breaking up with me? Which is the most devastating question to ask when you're getting... It's like, Eric, you're the one breaking up with me. Don't make me fucking say it, first of all. But when she says it and he's like... Well, are you are you taking back that promise? Oh, uh, come on! I mean, how can you like Eric Foreman in this? Yeah. But but um, but Donna side, I was like, wow, and I love that she stuck to her guns and is like, okay. I mean, I don't feel this way. I'm not gonna just say, okay, no, 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 it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. Let's stay together. I mean, if you feel this way, I, but I thought that was great acting from her and that that cry after he says yes or whatever he says after she says, are you breaking up with me? Her face is. That's it's good stuff and I was I felt that deep. And he <laughs> feel that.
0: He has this line that like I get so angry every time he says it, but I know that I've felt that way and then I feel like I'm just getting angry at myself. <laughs> but it's when he asks her like, "Do you see me in your future?" and she's like, "I don't know. Sometimes like there's not there's never anybody else there, but sometimes I'm just alone." And she's like, "You know, I just want to, you know, hope that we end up together." And he's like, "Well, the way that we end up together, is that we say that we're together and then we stay together. And it's like, that is such a shitty thing to say. And it's such like an oversimplica- like simplification yeah. of a situation that is like so much deeper. Relationships have so many layers. They're like onions. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many things that you can't like put into a box. And like relationships are the hardest one mm-hmm. because it's not just like, oh, I like this person, this person likes me. So like, clearly, like, there's so many other pieces to to be played and there's so Mm -hmm. many things to analyze and as much as it sucks, like, things like, who are your friends and like, is this gonna cause an issue and like, do you like their family? Does their family like you, like, It's more than just the simple like, oh, we like each other so clearly like this is what it needs to be. I kind of applaud this show for analyzing it from a much more real human perspective than, like I said, the easy way out of like we were on a break or like all of the other ways that you've seen a sitcom couple that's clearly supposed to be together and be together at the end have their breakup. It's so rarely such a human and real reason that people actually do end up breaking up.
2: Yeah. That's true. they really are true. hard, baby. They sure are. Yeah, you, you're you locked down, though. You're all wifed up.
0: <laughs> yeah, you got that promise ring from Kenny. You got that good, good <laughs>
2: promise ring. Yeah. 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 Almost
0: lost forever. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, for the
2: record, uh, the best man dropped the rings while handing them off to Julie's husband <laughs> at the ceremony. It was... It was a good times. So and the whole crowd cheered when they everyone took out their cell phone lights to find it on
1: the ground. Like on fucking real. I cannot wait to see the video of yeah. that. And then also when Kenny was blacked out drunk at eleven thirty at night at a reception, his wedding ring flew off when he was dancing. I
2: forgot <laughs> that we were all looking for the wedding ring at the ceremony. Whoa, I I blocked that out somehow. I don't know how, because I, I was, was like, really
1: looking. I wanted to be the one to find it for you. Riley found it. Dude, My I blinked sweet and tweet, it was twelve thirty and
2: I was like, What? <laughs> what like it was the, it was the shortest wedding and it was a lot
1: of hours. And I was like, no, this is it. This can't be over. I was fucked up. That was on fucking real. When yeah. that when he came up to me and said he lost his wedding ring, I was like, <laughs> Woo. there was just pure sadness in his eyes
2: yeah i was like we need to find this so the night can move forward he thought i was like mad
1: at him i was like no i just think it's like the stupidest boys thing. aren't used to wearing rings no i'm well, we not ke- used to wearing rings i might lose mine on my wedding night. he kept saying it was too big but kenny has like really fat fingers so i'm like there's no way it was too big he kept like m- like i do it all the time like i don't wear rings usually so, so i like sl- yeah like i exactly and his, when it flew off his finger, it was like up here. Like he literally probably like was like waving his hand, and it just like flew off. Kenny. Anyways, well that wraps it up. Yeah,
2: that'll wrap it up. That was a good episode, Matt. You really had some some good thoughts on that. Um, that was our
1: most like um. Intellectual episode Yeah
2: n- Not from our side no. Fully on Matt and that, Fully on. That I, I
1: could Matt have Matt carried money. that Entire episode True
2: True And I I feel bad that I'm Biased against this That seventy show Because I wanna Me and Matt pretty much Have the same taste in Stuff but I'm not a sitcom girl The boys of My other podcasts Are obsessed with How I Met Your Mother And I'm watching From the beginning And I'm like This is good Like I don't Not like it But I But there's so many Amazing shows That I could be Watching instead of A fuck fucking sitcom with a laugh track that's where yeah. i draw the line well, i like the office i love parks and Rec. i like Shit's creek a fucking laugh track man come on well none. that's
0: well and that's why if i was to like sit you down and be like you're gonna watch a sitcom with me like it wouldn't be that 70s show it wouldn't be how i met your mother it would be scrubs scrubs
2: have a laugh track
0: no Scrubs was like the first show i remember watching where i was like oh wow these are so much better without laugh tracks so much and better. and they were like letting but you would like Scrubs because beyond the, like, lack of a laugh track, the characters right out the gate, it's like a multi-layer show of, like, drama and comedy versus, like, I feel like, you know, like, that 70s show, this is the first episode that had, like, a bummer ending. Yeah. So it took three full seasons to get to, like, one moment of levity.
2: Yeah. I, I don't know. I It was still good. I liked it. Um, I like your takes on it the best, so... That's good stuff. I try. Well, thank you, Matt. Thanks for coming on our little show. Coming all this way to be on our show. Yeah, I
0: know. it was a bit of a drive, but I'm glad you guys enjoyed <laughs> it.
2: Yeah, I want to pick an episode soon. Okay.
0: Well, your your fiftieth episode is coming up quickly.
2: So, do I get to pick one?
0: Obviously, yeah. Cool.
2: Fifty episodes for me. I act like I don't talk the entire time on every episode. Anyway, I'm like, I want to pick an episode so I get to talk the whole time. I fucking do that every single time. I say, anyway.
0: I'm, I'm pretty sure your fiftieth episode would be like sixty-three or something like that because it was only.
2: And I, but it might be. Are you saying fiftieth as a co-host or fiftieth as a on the show?
0: Fiftieth with you on a microphone.
2: Because mm, I was on three before I That's was. That's what even I mean. A- That's
0: what I mean. I think there's only like ten episodes that you're not somewhere. in on the
2: episode <laughs> oh I gotta think about what I wanna do mm. I'm such a narcissist okay that was another episode of my favorite
1: episode tune in next week for another episode, episode of my favorite episode, episode. Yeah, yeah 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 yeah
2: la 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 <laughs> yeah
0: ooh yeah